Satan will use all your emotions so he can be victorious. His name is the deceiver. The pastors don't think there's things going on in their congregation. I believe that the devil does exist. Be a disciple and make disciples. And you don't do that by being a pastor spectator. Confronting the devil with the overwhelming, almighty, omnipotent power of the Lord Jesus Christ. His power is absolute. He cannot be stopped. Welcome to Confronting the Devil, Fearless Dialogue. Here's your host, Kevin Collier. Thank you, Steve, and welcome to the program. Today's guest, Pastor Todd Coconado. But before that, my wife Kristen offers this prayer. Lord, you inspired Paul to write these words to his spiritual son, Timothy, while languishing in a cold dungeon before his death. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Holy Ghost, help us remember that no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Thank you, Kristen. What did Martin Luther say about Christians who outwardly look weak, but who have the Lord Jesus Christ inside them? This is from Luther's works, Sermons on the Gospel of St. John, chapters 6 through 8. Outwardly, Christians stumble and fall from time to time, but this does not matter. In their weakness, sin, folly, and frailty, there abides inwardly and secretly a force and power unrecognizable by the world and hidden from its view. I have seen many of these who, externally, totter along very feebly, but when it came to the test and they faced the court, Christ bestirred himself in them, and they became so staunch that the devil had to flee. Christ is serious when he says that you will abide in him and he in you if you believe in him. He says, It matters not if you are still somewhat weak, for I am in you. If you lack anything, I have an abundance of righteousness, holiness, and wisdom. I have no weaknesses. But if you are weak, your weakness is in me, and I will see to it that I help you, that I draw on your weakness in my strength and power, that I delete your sin in my righteousness, that I devour your death in my life. Thank you, Kristen. Pastor Todd Coconado is a pastor at the Leaves of Healing Tabernacle in Chatsworth, California, and host to the popular syndicated radio program, Hollywood Alive. Pastor Todd, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how are you, man? Doing great, PT. Pastor Todd, you recently wrote an article about the remnant church being on the rise. Can you explain for the listeners, what is the remnant church? So basically, I am very much a lover of the Word of God. It says that in the end times that there will be a remnant that will arise. And what I feel that that means to me is, is people that are really living for the Lord in this day and hour, which a lot of people claim Christ, and by no means am I the one to judge who is and who isn't, but the Bible says by their fruits you will know them. So there is a way to know people, and you can kind of tell through discernment, but there's a large percentage of people, even in America, we often talk about this, where if you include the Catholic community and the Mormon community, which I Obviously, everybody would probably not agree that they serve the same God, but those who call themselves Christians, Catholics, Mormons, and Evangelicals, as well as Charismatic Christians, and all the different denominations, it's almost 80% of the United States, which is a huge number. What I believe is, is that many of those people, unfortunately, due to a lot of what's going on in our churches, which is basically a large watering down of the gospel, and I can get into that in further detail if you want, but they've just taken out the message of repentance and the message of turning away from sin, and so as a result, of that, there's a lot of people that really aren't following the Word of God and what it means to be a Christian, which basically the Bible says that He will spit out the lukewarm, that we really have to walk a straight and narrow path. And so I believe there are people, which I call the remnant, which are people that truly 
have a desire to follow the Word of God in its entirety. That means to follow the entire Bible. They really have a heart to turn from sin. The Bible says now all are sin and fall short of the glory of God. So there's definitely, you know, every one of us is a sinner in need of a Savior. But what I mean is, is that praying and hoping and trying our very best to live in a righteous manner and to turn away from wickedness and sin and allowing the Holy Spirit to convict us. So as a result of that, those are the people that I would say are the remnant. It's those that have a true heart to serve Jesus Christ, that He is the number one in their life. The Word of God is absolute, and the very matter that they live their life is to follow the Word of God. And that's what I mean by a remnant person, somebody that really is a person after God's heart. Repentance is nice, but people want a happy church. You know, it's like Victoria Olstein said, don't do it for God, do it for yourself. We have to have a rock band now. We have to make sure there's enough electrical outlets to plug in all the crock pots. Quite a social club. And PC is keeping us from telling the truth. Pastor Todd, what is wrong with the culture in today's church? We have these conversations a lot because, I, like I said, I feel like God is connecting me with people of a like mind, and I just love how he does that. Well, I think there has been a cultural shift probably over the last 20 years where we've seen the, the majority of it take place, where the development of the megachurch, and now by no means is every megachurch off base. I think there are some megachurches that have a great structure within, and they have small groups and people. It's kind of like a church within a church, and in a small group, there is accountability, and they're teaching according to the Word of God. And so I'm not speaking against every megachurch, and this isn't just in the megachurches in all churches. There's been a cultural shift for us to preach what I call the extreme great gospel, which is a gospel that says the Lord is going to take care of everything and don't worry about what you're doing. It's just a big focus on grace versus a focus on repentance and turning away from sin. So what that does is it makes a person go to a church service on a weekend and, you know, fulfill their church duties, you know, check in the time card. But in the rest of the weekend of their life, there's not really an application of what the Word of God teaches in the turning away from sin, because basically with all this grace, we need to turn from sin. So the problem with that is, is it just creates a bunch of people that really haven't gotten the healing and the deliverance and the, you know, the commitment and the changes in their life that we need to make as we turn our hearts to God. So they really had just barely, if not even started at all, the process of accepting Christ. Because, you know, a lot of times at the end of a service, we'll ask and people raise their hands. I always say, well, that's just point zero 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 one of our walk with Christ. That's just the first step is acknowledging Him and accepting Him as our Lord and Savior. What comes after that is a repentance and a turning away from an old lifestyle. And that's where we get the term born again. We're in a new life in Christ. And so it's absolutely essential that we make that decision, that we make that change, and we turn from our sin, we turn from our wicked ways, and we have a heart after God. Now, like I said, does that mean that we're sinless? No. I mean, we're still going to fall and have instances every single day where we might get angry or we might do something that's a sinful act. But what it means is that we're not willingly engaging in a sinful lifestyle, and we have the conviction of the Holy Spirit that we've turned. We've become a new creation in Christ, and we've had a renewal of our mind. That only happens when the preacher and the leadership in that body is teaching turning away from sin. Because if they're not teaching that, then a baby Christian or somebody that's coming in, they're not even going to really know about that. And so what I feel like is we've gotten to a place where we're more concerned about building the large numbers and big facilities, and all those things are great. But if we're not preaching the entirety of the gospel, if we're leaving large portions out, then not only are we not setting the people up for success, but we're really not getting anybody healed or set free or delivered. It's just a short process because they will get promised, all of Christ, you're going to get money and fame and your dreams are going to come true. Well, if those things don't happen, what happens is the people get discouraged. They say, well, I tried Christ, nothing happened, nothing worked, so why am I going to do this? And so they miss the whole point of what the gospel is. They live as Christ to die as gain. Our reward is in 
heaven. Our reward is eternal. On earth, if you look at the Apostle Paul and all the people in the Bible, most of the stories you'll see, they went through tremendous persecution. They went through many, many trials. They were kicked out of regions, and most of them ended up ultimately giving their life and being beheaded, you know, something of that nature. And so nothing in that was about them getting their dreams or the things that they desired at the time, you know, the riches of that day. They were just basically living for Christ, and He would be enough for them. That's what it is, is to be a Christian if He is enough. His mercy endures forever, yes. His grace is sufficient. He is enough. He is enough for us, and all the other things are just extra additives, like favor and blessing and things that the Lord does do as you serve Him and are about His business. Those things are additives, but the true ultimate gift is our salvation and our eternity. Satan loves it when the congregation becomes a demographic. How has the Antichrist spirit invaded the entertainment industry? Well, I think that's a great question, and thank you for asking that. It's one that I've had to really learn and understand. I went to Bible college. Even in Bible college, I didn't get much teaching on spiritual warfare. It's only when I went into the Hollywood world as a Christian, which I had been in Hollywood as a young person before I had really given my heart, but seeing the depth of how Hollywood is really just a, a mouthpiece in many ways to the agenda that the demonic and the Luciferian society that we live in really just a mouthpiece and it's a propaganda piece. There's a lot to it. We see all these crazy things and the average person would think, what does it mean when this person dies suddenly or that's happening or this is happening? You know, we see these stories and it's something inside of us makes us feel like there's more going on. Well, there is more going on. Many, many, many of the people that are in Hollywood have had to take vows and oaths to Satan. And I know that sounds extreme and people think, well, that's conspiracy or that's not true. But, you know... I can tell you this, personally I've witnessed it, and there are many, many other credible people that have witnessed it, and for me to deny that it's happening, I would be lying. So then why is it happening? Well, it's happening because we are in a world that is fallen, and many people are given to that Antichrist spirit, which is on the rise in this hour as we get closer. You know, many believe, I believe, we're in the end times, some believe we're getting there, but you believe we're there or not, you can see the, the rapid escalation of the spirit of Antichrist in the world. So Hollywood is just a massive mouthpiece. Now, are there Christians in Hollywood that are making a difference? Absolutely. You know, are there people that are praying and we're seeing great victories as those prayers are being answered? Absolutely. So there is a remnant group even in Hollywood, friends with many of those people, and I've witnessed great, tremendous victories. Even since 2011, we've had so many films that have been produced. The gospel message is getting out there, and Christians are beginning to awaken and support. And I'm so thankful for the many people. I mean, there's houses of prayer that are in Hollywood. There's all kinds of things that are happening which are exciting on our side, which I believe is on the rise. I believe revival is upon us as well. But I have to state the fact that the majority of Hollywood is given to Satan and is under a very deep demonic agenda. And so it's important that as Christians we understand that even bringing our children to certain movies and, and watching some of these things like Harry Potter and big Disney films, there's agendas and witchcraft and deep demonic things behind what would look innocent. You know, it's easier to just ignore these things or think it's too big for us to deal with or just not to want to think about it. But for me and my household, we're not really watching much anymore on television because most of the content, there's an agenda. There's a message behind it. And that message is a dangerous message. I think the devil loves it when parents allow their children to take a Maleficent doll, which is a horn-headed doll, to bed with them. And that's what I'm saying. It's a seemingly innocent things and stories. I mean, if we really, you know, do some investigation and, you know, when you look at a lot of these films in, in a deeper and a more spiritual level, and that's why I say you've got to pray for discernment, especially as a parent. you got to pray for discernment and ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom because it's packaged in a way that it seems very innocent. But even opening up our homes and allowing these things, I mean, these are deep things that start in the childhood age and really carry and develop as they grow. 
and get older, and it just becomes, we wonder where a lot of these strongholds and things, when did they enter? Same thing with the smartphone. Now you can go in your bedroom and be pretty much on every website available at a young age, and young people at a very young age are getting involved in pornography and sex trade industries at an all-time high, even though we have some great people out there that are fighting against it. These things are very important for us to be aware of. They're not innocent like they appear. The demonic activity is so pervasive out there, especially in Hollywood, and it's like a catch-22. Your average Christian hates Hollywood, and if you're a Christian in Hollywood, your associates hate you too, because you are a Christian. (laughs) It truly is, man. I I tell people when I try to explain, but I think that unless you understand warfare, I mean, when I went into Hollywood, thought I was just going to go in there, and I was preaching purity and holiness and thought everything was great. I was up against the biggest spiritual warfare I've ever had in my life, I mean, to the point where it really almost wanted to take me out. I mean, it was so incredible. I really had to study everything that's available resource-wise to understand how to understand warfare. I didn't really know what was going on, and I'm going to be honest with you, most pastors and people, even elders in my life that have been in ministry for many years, couldn't even give me an understanding or really direct me into anything that would really teach me about the warfare. And so I really just relied on the Lord and the Holy Spirit and just a few remnant people that understood it and were able to help me. And now I feel like I'm a little bit more battle-hardened. Warfare is intense, and it's significant because it's a stronghold of the enemy. It's an area God is more powerful, and He will equip you and give you the things that you need in every area. He'll give you manna to take you through each day. But I see a lot of people come out to Hollywood, stay out here for a couple of months, and they just can't handle it. They have to leave because it's intense. It's a war, and it's a battle. And you're right, even within the Christian community, there's a lot of people that just despise Hollywood and hate Hollywood. And of course, I understand why, but definitely a mission field, and there are people that are on the sets of each movie. There are people that are that are in the battle, that are praying, and that are really making a difference. And you know, I'm telling you, we've seen some amazing divine encounters on the movie sets and throughout even the studios, and we're continuing to see that. So definitely some positive things, but I think that prayers are needed, and if you're called to Hollywood, just make sure that you're prayed up and you have intercessors in your life, because it's, it's, it's serious and it's real. The devil wants us to have this internal shame making us feel foolish to entertain conspiracy theories yeah it's too easy to hate hollywood karen cavell of the hollywood prayer network who reminds us to pray for these people and this industry well you know karen is one of the sweetest women in the world and her husband and they have a powerful ministry praying in the hollywood prayer network we love them and just appreciate the years that they've been on the ground out here and doing the things that they do and karen has such a great way of speaking of the positive things not want to pray for. And just on that topic, I have seen celebrities that are world-known people that are having their hearts softened and making a change. And fortunately, a lot of times when a celebrity becomes Christian, you know, one of the things that we want to do is immediately, like, you know, pronounce it to everybody, hey, this person's Christian, and put them up on podiums and have them speak. But we got to remember, they're just young believers themselves that are just learning about their faith. And so, you know, the most important thing is to support them on the level of the fact that they're just a person. They're a person that is seeking and is on their faith journey. And so we want to pray for them and stand with them and encourage them and make sure that they're equipped before we just put them out there. And I think a lot of times that's what's happened in the past, that before somebody was really solidified, we've risen them up and we want so bad for there to be like this voice or this front person that's a Christian, that's a worldwide well-known person or whatnot. We just have to be aware of the fact that they have their own spiritual battles, they're in a spiritual battle. We want to support them, we want to pray for them, be an encouragement to them as a brother and sister in the Lord. Pastor Todd, being in advertising for 30 years, nothing goes out without intent. There really is a demonic agenda going on out there. I don't think it's a majority, but they've scared Christians 
into thinking the paper tiger is real. Most Christians don't even want to address this. Yes, you've really hit a lot of topics, and I wanted to talk about the topic of conspiracy. At first, I wanted to just go to Scripture. You know, the Lord says that a man gave, but, you know, basically what's good will be called bad, and what's bad will be called good. And, you know, we see that all around us, and that's what's happening right now. And Christians feel this overwhelming pressure, like you said earlier, the PC thing. I mean, I'm shocked at the amount of Christians that are not outraged about, you know, what's going on with Target. And I just can't imagine having a young five-year-old girl having a mentally ill predator in her restroom that's pretending to be a woman just so he can enter the restroom. And people think this is okay. They don't even see the danger. And so it's just amazing to me how we have really kind of been asleep. And like I said, we're supposedly at 80% of the United States of America is claiming to be a Christian in some way, shape, or form. I mean, I just find it amazing that a 4% community can control an 80% community, and the 80% community is almost silent or not doing nearly enough to stand up. And so I think that we need to rise up, we need to stand up, and we need to be way more vocal. And we, yes, we need to pray. Yes, we need to fast. We need to do all the things, all the different things. But we also need to be more vocal, and we need to be more organized, and we need to stand up. And yes, they call certain things conspiracy theory, and I think that's just like how the devil, the biggest lie that he ever told is that he doesn't exist, right? So if you can just make everything that's out there conspiracy theory, people are so afraid to talk about it because they don't want to be called a conspiracy theory person. Let's just look at the facts here. The government, how many times over the years has the government told us something, and then 30 years later you found out that it was an absolute lie what they said, and, you know, all this stuff comes out, but it's been so long that it comes out later. Well, the government has the worst track record ever of telling us the truth. And yet, why do we believe at face value everything that they tell us? And then if we look into something, what's the conspiracy theory? That's so silly. And there's more facts behind the conspiracy than there is about what the government's saying. But see, the thing is, I don't think people want to know because they're afraid if they open that door. It's almost like the Matrix movie. They'd rather live in the Matrix than be exposed to the truth because the truth is going to be too uncomfortable. And they just want to focus on their favorite sport team, their iPhone, and what's going on in their immediate family. They don't really want to know about all these awful things that are happening in the world because it's almost too much for them. But we need to rise up. We've got to know these things. It's important that we're alert and we're aware of the situation because things in the next few years are going to rapidly change, rapidly change. And I think that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to have a really rude awakening. That's my concern. I think that they don't understand how we're at a precipice in history and a major turning point where things that we're used to, you know, a lot of people have this normalcy bias where they just think everything's going to stay this way forever. Well, it's not. So I think there's going to be a lot of people that have a really rude awakening in a very short time. Pastor Todd, I think the devil gets his biggest laughs on the whole PC narrative. If some middle-aged gentleman feels more like a female on a particular day, he should have the right to use the women's bathroom. I mean, we don't want to hurt a pedophile's feelings, do we? Yeah, this again goes back to our first initial question, which is really the dumbing down of the gospel and making the gospel this PC version of the gospel, because you take out all the controversial things. I tell people, you know, I didn't write the Bible. If I did, maybe I would have made it a little bit easier. But you know, God is much more smart than me. He knows what's best for us, and He understands everything. He's all-knowing. So the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the Word became flesh. The Word is living, and the Bible is the same, yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, we are representatives of Jesus on earth, and if we're going to be following Him, we need to be all in. And that means we can't worry about PC. Think about the Apostle Paul. Think about Jesus in his time. They were not PC. They were up against the Roman government. They had many different things that were opposing them. Uh, like I said, they were kicked out of regions. They were thrown in prison. This PC thing, this is a joke. This is not real. This is ridiculous. We need to get away from it. It's 
absolutely wrong. It's against what we believe. It's against what the Word of God says. We need to stand for the Word of God, not what's PC. Absolutely. There's too many distractions going on. We can't say we want to ban Middle East refugees from entering our nation without clearance because that's anti-Muslim. You know, these commentators that are pro-illegal alien and pro-Muslim refugee aren't tossing out a welcome mat, offering these folks a place to sleep by inviting them into their children's bedrooms. Well, that's kind of like when the Pope said, you know, we can't build a wall when he lives in one of the highest walled cities in the world. I think what that really comes down to is there's a greater agenda behind it. We need to look at the entirety of the greater agenda. It's like the Bible says, we're coming towards, now whether you want to see it now or when it's going to happen, we're not sure, but a one-world monetary system, a one-world governing system. So this is already in place right now, and these are the things that we're working towards, even with the UN and a lot of the agendas that they're doing, the Agenda 2030, the Agenda 21, the TPP trade deals, and I can go on and on and on. This is all focused towards globalization, and there's men like George Soros that are behind the billionaires that are funding. Now, let's just think about this. Many people in America today elected an African-American president twice. So to think about it, are we in the worst times right now when it comes to prejudice, or are we probably in the best times in history? There's a strategy that's devised by Cloward and Piven. Basically, it's a political strategy, and what it says is you got to divide society. And so this is what they're doing, is they're propagandizing us and telling us things that are untrue, and it's causing a division in society. From the ruling elite standpoint, it's easier for them to rule over a divided society versus a unified society. So really, where we should all be unifying against this globalization, against this new world order agenda, which people call conspiracy theory, but it's not. You know, if you look at all the TFR, the Bilderberg Group, I mean, on and on and on, there's definitely an agenda that's in play and is already very mature in its status. I mean, we're very far along here. If they can divide and conquer us, they can continue to keep us divided among race lines and religious lines and all these things. It's easier for them to control and to continue on with this agenda because our eyes are focused on other things which are really distractions. Well, maybe, Pastor Todd, you're getting your information from the wrong source. The head of the DNC, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, just said, under the current administration, we've enjoyed 73 straight months of economic recovery. <laughs> when I see those reports, I think, if anybody actually believes that, like, please just give me one report, then I'm reading many, many reports daily, you know, whether it be from the Baltic Dry Index, and I can go on and on, the jobs reporting, the real jobs reporting, none of the indicators from an economic standpoint, I mean, retail sales, the oil glut that's going on right now, just on and on and on. Every sector, look at Caterpillar and their business, on and on and on. The Dow 500 companies just go through them one by one. Who's really experiencing growth? Those reports are doctors. They're also propaganda so that the average person that doesn't know the facts are going to just believe it and continue on this. It lets them buy more time. It lets them continue on with their agenda. I can tell you this, and this is a fact, you know, Russia's buying gold, China's buying gold. They're continuing to exit the dollar. There's a lot of things globally with the BRICS nations and a lot of things that are happening worldwide that most people have no understanding of. But there's definitely a change in the near future that's coming, and people need to understand it's going to happen. Now, whether they can keep pushing it for another couple of years, they can probably push it past the next election cycle. I can just guarantee you that if you were to play this exact recording in about three years, we're going to be in a much different world in that time. Why do you think most people don't even seem to care about this? Uh, I wish I had a good answer for that. I think what it really comes down to is that so many people, unfortunately, are so self-focused on their immediate current situation. I mean, let's be honest, you know, whether they say we're in economic recovery, which is a total lie, every stat proves against it, but they're continuing to push this agenda and the stock market is so great. Well, that's because we pour trillions of dollars of printed money in. We're just basically inflating a bubble. 
you know, people are under the illusion of all these things, which are all going to quickly change, like I said, in the not-too-distant future. They're focused on their own lives. Many people are trying to make ends meet right now. They are having their own financial challenges, and so it's just hard to see beyond the walls of our home to look at the greater picture. It's almost just too much for them to handle. We've developed a society of people that are all stressed out on medications, different things, their own mental stability, and instead of relying on the Lord, we will give that peace that passes understanding. If everybody's just so caught up with all these things, I think they don't really want to know because A, they probably can't handle it, and B, just like I said, opens that door to having to really understand what's really going on, being sober-minded. It's stressful. I mean, it's there's a lot of things as a result of knowing the truth and being a truth seeker. When you start going down, the more and more information comes out, you start realizing, oh my goodness, there's so many things wrong with our world, and so it can be overwhelming. But what I would suggest to be prayerful of just knowing, because I think we need to get our house in order. I think we need to be prepared, even on the level of just having some food set aside, having some money set aside, having a plan, because I think that it's a very real possibility that we could see some dramatic events in the not so distant future here, whether it be a terrorist attack or an electromagnetic pulse bomb. Or I mean, there's so many different things that could happen. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I know that the Bible talks about things of this nature, things that could actually happen that are like this. I think it's wise to be prepared, understand that we are in turbulent times and you know not to be overwhelmed that Jesus won't give us the strength that we need but to be wise and to be understanding of the spiritual environment of the hour you know being prepared and set up for success as a Christian absolutely in agreement recently White House spokespersons were a little upset the American people were not acknowledging the economic recovery like we are lying about it pastor Todd why are the American people lying about the economy that same narrative and that person that has zero facts and is going to be pushing those articles forward. Look, look what he did. I can tell you this. If you look at the, the facts, just one that's very easy to understand, is if you take every U.S. president from George Bush all the way back to George Washington, Barack Obama, and just in his presidency, has doubled the national debt. All the other presidents' debt combined is equal to the amount of debt that we've had under the Obama administration. So basically what they've done is tremendous amount of money printing in the form of quantitative easing one and two, you know, and three, and just continuing to do that same thing where it's the Fed is using everything at their disposal to try to keep the system afloat. But the bottom line is, is there's no recovery. And we can see that by the fact that we should be seeing annually a pretty significant amount of increase, you know, when it comes to GDP. We're not seeing that. They keep giving us new numbers that are revised, that are down. So all the quantitative easing, even with all the money printing, we're still seeing like a 0.3 GDP. It's ridiculous. And so without that, we would be multi, multi, you know, probably 4 or 5% negative without the quantitative easing. So there's no recovery. The fundamentals of the economy haven't been fixed. There's really no fixes that have taken place. All they did was monetize the debt. All they did was just take it to another level. And that's why the bubble is bigger than it's ever been in history. And that's why many very reputable people in the industry, people that have predicted many things in the past that have been Accurators saying you better hold on because this is going to be a big one. Concerning Hollywood, one popular movie theme in old gangster flicks was there was no loyalty among thieves. As soon as the bandits made off with the loot, one by one they knocked each other off to get a bigger share of the pie. But in the Christian presence, more of a Sylvester Stallone special ops flick where the good guys dressed like their opponents infiltrate the lair. Soon, one of our guys is at the control panel, another one is piloting the plane, another one is in the guard tower, and soon, you see, we have taken over the entire compound without setting off any alarms. Pastor Todd, that's how we should do it, right? 
That's right. There has to be a strategy. The strategy can only come from the Holy Spirit, from God. He gives us the wisdom, and we need to take it to another level. Like I said, we need to stand up. We need to rise up. We can't just be silent majority any longer. That time has passed. We're either in or we're not. And, you know, unfortunately, that sometimes costs us some very deep things. The pressure's on. Those that are speaking out are getting it. I get tremendous amount of pressure, tremendous amount of pressure. I'm attacked on every level. If we were in a complementary society to a Christian today, I would not be dealing with the levels of attack I'm getting from every single piece of the government, of everything. People that speak up are in a tremendous battle. We need tremendous prayer. But if we don't all start speaking up, then we're going to have no rights. We're going to be in a completely different kind of country than what we grew up in, and it's happening fast. We've run out of time, but I want to thank you, Pastor Todd, for being with us. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. And he'll be back, and we'll continue this conversation on our next program. Also joining me for a return visit, the Reverend Dr. Alfonso Espinoza. Now, Kristen, with an ending prayer. We join Matthew Bridges, who wrote this in 1851, to praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Crown him with many crowns, the Lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own. Awake, my soul, and sing of him who died for thee, and hail him as thy matchless king through all eternity. Amen. Thank you, Kristen. On our next program, Dr. Espinoza, here's a preview. A person who says that they're not religious doesn't understand the contradiction coming out of their mouth. Anybody who lives for something is living in a religious way. Everybody loves something. Everybody puts something before them that propels them in their life. And our interest is, what is that thing that's propelling? Don't miss it. And until next time... Do not let fear paralyze your faith. God bless. This has been Confronting the Devil with your host, Kevin Collier. Visit online at confrontingthedevil.blogspot.com. Thank you.